welcome to the Chapman CG Podcast, inspiring and informative conversations with top HR leaders from around the world. If everyone's not killing off their performance review process, they're in the middle of giving it a major overhaul. It seems that no one is happy with the annual review and rating system that was designed to align employee performance with their department's goals, which would ultimately underpin the organization's overall business strategy. But are we being too rash? How do you measure performance and identify high potentials if you don't have performance ratings? Is there truly another way? Here today to talk about how her organization is faring a year after killing off its performance rating system is Sadarshana Ranjachari, Vice President of Global Supply Chain and China Retail at Gap in San Francisco. Sadarshana, um, really good to have you on the line. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. So Sadarshan and I um, stretch back probably about 12 years, and uh, like a lot of people I speak to, the common link is Singapore a long time ago. Sadarshan, take us, take us through your career leading up to today. That was actually when you were with Honeywell, wasn't it? That's right. And yes, we've, been, we've known each other for over a decade, and um, like all good things, like all good things, these, these relationships um, only deepen. So really delighted to be talking to you. Um, from a career perspective, yes, all roads seem to somehow lead back to Singapore. I was working with Honeywell in, in America, and uh, I hadn't really considered an Asia career path up until then, but uh, Asia was booming, and Singapore was, is at the heart of, uh, heart of it, and um, so my previous leader suggested that I go off there and... and um, go for a year and see where, uh, and help build the HR function and the business leadership team there. And that's how I uh, came to Asia about 13 years ago, and uh, my love affair with that region began, and I stayed there for close to nine years, Singapore, Shanghai, and Hong Kong. Through that, I moved from Honeywell to A.V. Denison, and with A.V. Denison back into uh, America in, in a global talent management role and then a global business role, finally working my way up to San Francisco with Gap Inc. So it's been a lovely, um, lovely global path, which I have tremendously enjoyed and grown. Yeah, and a very international. And so tell us about um, your role with Gap. You're covering global supply chain and China retail. Is that, is that a double hat role? Yes, it is. Uh, the global supply chain organization in Gap Inc. really provides uh, the entire sourcing of our products across our five brands. So from cotton to consumer, the global supply chain organization is involved in the sourcing, making, delivery of our um, $16 billion of products that we sell across our five brands. In addition, to our, in addition to the supply chain function, I also look after our high-growth region of China, where we have fabulous brand presence, and this is one of our fastest-growing regions. And so we are really excited about our journey there, and um, I'm very proud to be part of that team. And tell us, just before we dive into the topic, um, more about... Gap and uh, you know where Gap is it is at in its in its its evolution um, at, at the moment. Sure, 
Gap is one of these iconic American brands that 48 years ago really reinvented specialty apparel retail. Up until then, um, you could only go buy clothes or denim at uh, Levi's and some retail stores, uh, department stores like Macy's or um, Nordstrom. But up until then, there was no specialty apparel dedicated to providing the best of best offerings um, in, in the marketplace. And so Gap really created a, a new industry model through specialty apparel. It's a highly, highly diverse company. And in our $16 billion portfolio of brands, we have some iconic brands that really span the entire gamut from value to luxury, whether it's Old Navy, our namesake Gap brand, Banana Republic, which is more of a luxury club, uh, more of a mid to aspirational luxury player, to Athleta, which is our high performance athleisure category, which as all of us know has exploded recently. And lastly, we've got Intermix, which is a truly luxury brand. So Gap is, 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 um, is a, a, one of the largest apparel companies in the world with a set of iconic uh, brands, which we're all very proud to be associated with. So tell us about the decision to eliminate the performance um, rating process. And I remember being with you in San Francisco at one of the roundtables we hosted actually with you at Gap, uh, and this was a hot topic and you were just going through the process then. Tell us more. Absolutely. And I think um, our performance management system is fundamentally linked to our ambition and the business transformation that we are currently going through. Our goal is to be number one. Our other two biggest competitors are Inditex and H&M, and um, we, we have great admiration for them as competitors, but we know that as a business model, we have something really compelling to offer. And in part of our transformation journey and transforming our business model, we needed to do things differently. We needed to uh, do things simply. And as we shifted our business model to accelerate global growth and take back market share, this was the right time for our attitudes and practices around performance to really catch up. And we wanted to think about talent in a wholly different way. You know, as, as we all know, it's not just theory, but it's a proven fact that employees grow when placed in an environment where we're given clear and challenging goals. We've got targeted feedback in regular performance-focused conversations. And more importantly, we have opportunities to learn from success and failures. So when employees grow, we grow. And for us as an organization, really marrying the business transformation with a, with a more fresh, modern way of thinking about talent got us onto this uh, journey of reframing performance management system in a wholly different way and getting rid of performance ratings. So what does the performance review process at GAP actually look like now? Our performance review process is actually um, very simple. It's, uh, it starts with, um, first of all, setting high performance standards. We set high objectives and work hard to achieve these goals. Um, 
and then from, from from those performance standards, which are at a at a meta company level about what our ambition is, we set some very simple goals. It's the second stage of the process is our goal setting process, and uh, that's really about setting simple goals um, at a brand or function level. Fewer goals that are focused on outcomes, not tasks and flexibility to set and assess goals over very variable time frames so that it is really a dynamic, engaged process. So that's the goal-setting process, followed very quickly by conversations. We have our performance management system is really based on regular monthly touch-based conversations between employees and managers that allow each other to connect more quickly respond with more agility to the changing needs of the business, and really then separate conversations from the, uh, conversations about performance from reward and development. And then so each, uh, each month we encourage our employees to have these conversations. And then once we've done that, at the end of the year, um, we, we continue to provide um, feedback around how we're doing. What we have done away with is these massive performance review write-ups at the end of the year, which document goals that were set up in the first of the year, beginning of the year, and put in some archaic ratings, one through five scale or one through ten, whatever that might be. We've done away with that, but where we um, arrive at the end of the year is whether this person met the high performance standards or did not meet the high performance standards and how we would have those conversations. Then we factor that into our reward decisions. And again, in the rewards, individual rewards are closely tied to business performance and reaching our ultimate goal. And we do expect our leaders and our people managers to really uh, drive rewards differentiation based on the performance that they've had for their team. And was it hard to switch over to this 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 new process? And you know, was the utopia um, what everyone expected? It it is hard to switch uh, to this process. And as we said earlier on, as we went into this, this is is going to be a three year process. The change management here is a multi year journey. Year one was really helping our organization move away from the bureaucracy associated with performance management. Second, um, helping the organization understand some of the growth mindset philosophies that drive enhanced performance. So that's year one. And then year two, year three is really t is about tightening up the performance standards, engineering better conversations with our employees and managers, focusing the conversation more on development and being able to unlock performance. And the third, and, and lastly, it's really about driving rewards differentiation. So year one, I think we did a good job of getting people away from the bureaucracy and and building into the DNA, the, mind, the growth mindset philosophy that guides true performance management. So that was what we accomplished in year one. And so what do you think, um, you know, knowing 
I guess, how the first year's gone, what, what do you think the, the future holds for this sort of performance rating-free process? Um, what, what, what changes do you think you would make? Um, I think going into this year two now, it's really about getting better clarity on how we set the goals. I think uh, the first year we were a bit lax about how we set the, comp- the high-performance standard goals, what were the few focused goals for each of the business unit or, or, or division. I think this year we're going to be much more laser focused on having fewer goals and connecting the goals um, more to individual contribution. I think we want to do a much better job of that. That's number one. Two is this dynamic notion of goal setting. I don't think that has yet become the DNA of our organization. Um, as we did set the goals at the beginning of the year, but we always expected it to change over time. I do not believe we have created enough managerial capacity and muscle to help our people leaders have a much more dynamic way of discussing goals in the, through the process. And, and in that context, of dynamic goals, talking about performance from month to month, quarter to quarter, et cetera. So that's what we would focus on in year two. Very interesting. And so just zeroing in on the goals, um, what have you found uh, in, in your experience have made, um, I guess, the most practical goals and, and made the goal-setting process um, more seamless? Because, I mean, you must have observed in certain pockets in the organization or, or certain leader that it has worked well. What have been the tricks around that? It's interesting. It's probably going to be heresy when I say this. Um, even though we've, we've gotten the organization of, uh, away from the bureaucracy of writing tedious performance reviews, poorly written performance reviews, and ratings that don't translate directly into rewards, What's, the, what's been my interesting observation around goals is the more precise, the more uh, clear, and the more cascaded the goals are via uh, a goal cascade process, the better clarity, clarity there is in the organization as opposed to murkiness around which goals. So I would recommend, and it's been my learning, that where I would engineer a bit more prescribed approach and process is around goal setting versus writing up performance reviews and documenting that. Very interesting. And uh, and, and have you done much bench, <clears throat> benchmarking to other companies that have, you know, killed their performance ratings? And what have you been able to learn on this topic, you know, from outside of outside of GAP? And I guess how are you seeing the trend? Yeah. Um, we did a lot of research before we decided to adopt this practice, and um, there was a lot of commonality, whether it was in um, in the modern tech, uh, in, in, tech in high tech, or as well as in pharma, that the engineered performance rating systems weren't were not working. And we were one of the earlier people, to, earlier adopters of large scale. Um, um, a large-scale change when it came to doing away with performance management uh, ratings. Where I have seen results um, have, have been in certain pockets, in certain groups. So uh, being early adopters, it's been very hard to see benchmarks of success a year later, two years later. 
But what I've been hearing even in, this, in, in experiments around the globe and this have been that the organization is focused on the right type of conversations. Um, the organization is focused on um, enabling managerial capability. And um, there are some gaps around how we can continue to improve and connect our reward systems to this uh, to the new performance management standards. So those have been some uh, feedback that we've gotten from other colleagues who have been down this path in some pockets. So uh, to conclude, um, Sudarshana, what advice would you give to other HR leaders who are unsatisfied with their current performance review process? My biggest advice that I would give to my colleagues is not so much about a decision around dumping the rating system or not. It is more about enriching the performance management process as a whole as, as a whole, and thinking about it in a very fresh way, thinking about talent in a whole way, and creating an environment where the organization gets clear, challenging goals that are dynamic, which reflect the business nature, as well as providing targeted feedback through regular performance-focused conversations. I think those are much more important than the more provocative decision around whether to give up a five-point rating system or go to a two-point rating system or none at all. So that, that would be my advice. And that was Sudarshana Ranjachari from GAP talking about killing the performance rating. For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, follow our podcast series or check us out at chapmancg.com.